Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the Aaron Rodgers to my Jordy Nelson. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? I'm good, and I have absolutely no idea what any of those names mean. Ah, oh, it's football season, man. Oh. It's the NFL is back. Yeah, you're the Aaron Rodgers. You're the you're the former MVP and still a really good player. I believe Ariana Grande and uh, Pharrell are playing the NFL opening concert thing. I believe so. So there's yes. my music related NFL tidbit for you. Ah, uh, there you go. We got to join. I, I got to get you in like a fantasy league someday. Fantasy oh, football league. Uh, yeah, that would be really tragic. It'd be great if I would like win, but it, really, we should move on. This is just bad. All right. Yeah. Well, on that, note, on that uh, note, Keith, we have a lot to talk about today, as we always do. We also have a, a an interview later in the show. Actually, you with your first. You're usually so. This is this is to our listeners. I I usually have the the in person interviews come in here because a lot more artists come through New York. Um, Keith is the the red carpet maverick. He's always on the scene in L.A. at the Grammys or the BBMAs or the VMAs. But this time we're we're switching it up a little bit because Keith has an in person interview. Uh, oh yeah. for the Pop Shop Podcast. Oh, I and, do. And who is that, Keith? It is uh, Martin Kirzebaum, who is the founder and chairman of Cherry Tree Records, but also an artist. Uh, in his own right, uh, under the uh, name Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. Uh, so it's an interesting interview with the person who runs a record label, but is also an artist, but is also a writer and producer, and has uh, produced some songs and albums that you, fine listeners, are probably familiar with. And I think he's going to talk a little bit about the new Madonna record, right? Yes, I will tease that. Yes, indeed. He talks about his new EP. He talks about working with Madonna earlier this year. Um, he talks about um, uh, nabbing uh, acts like Disclosure uh, for release in America on the Cherry Tree label. He talks about a lot of fun stuff. It was a good interview. Very cool. So stay tuned for that. We also will be talking about the Song of the Summer, which we can now reveal. Uh, well, we'll reveal it in a couple minutes. Let, let's tease that as well. Uh, we'll talk about how the Song of the Summer chart works and why one song happened to beat another song in this year's Song of the Summer chart. <laughs> Funny we'll also <laughs> We'll also be talking about summer's biggest winners and losers in the field of music, why Sam Smith came to the top, why album sales were not as hot as you know they always are, if they ever are hot, if they ever are hot these days, um, so many winners, talk, so many losers, so many winners, so many losers. But first, Keith, we have to talk about the biggest winner on this week's Billboard 200 chart: Ariana Grande, whose sophomore album *My Everything* debuts at number one. And Keith, how many copies did it sell? Well, her new album *My Everything* sold 169,000 copies in the weekend in August 31st. Um, that easily uh, makes it number one this week by far. Uh, and it's actually her second number one album following her Yours Truly debut, which debuted at number one less than a year ago. Just under a year ago, it debuted at number one. So she's a very a very busy, uh, budding pop diva. Yes. So we talked about this a little bit last week. 169,000, it is not the biggest debut sales week for a female artist this year, right? No, well, but but I did point out in my story that's online, I did say that it was the second biggest 
um, week for a female pop artist this year after Lana Del Rey's Ultraviolence, uh, which debuted with 182,000. So in terms of pop female stars, that's a pretty good figure. And remember last year, you know, artists like Katy Perry and, and Lady Gaga were having a hard time posting really huge numbers. So um, pop female stars in general have a hard time selling records, like full-length albums. They're more of track artists, like Ariana Grande is obviously a huge track artist. So 169,000 is still pretty good, especially in this depressed state of album sales. So we should yeah. look down upon that. Absolutely, and it's always tough to sell more albums, uh, get those numbers increasing instead of decreasing as time goes on, obviously. Yeah. My Everything sold more in its first week than yours truly. I think that we talked about it, like I said, a little bit last week about how people might view Ariana Grande as a singles artist rather than an albums artist. You know, you ask why someone like Lana Del Rey with Ultraviolence sells more albums in, a, in her first week than Ariana Grande. Lana Del Rey has one brief top 20 hit with West Coast. Ariana Grande has three top 10 hits with Bang Bang, Break Free, and Problem. Well, no, it wasn't even West Coast. It was a remix of Summertime Sadness. I'm not even sure. Uh, well, that was a top 10. Yeah, I, I meant on this album. She just had a top 20 hit with West Coast. Um, okay. She did indeed, man. It uh, debuted like number 17. Uh, yes, you're right. Yes, it was number 17 based solely off of essentially sales. So sure. no one really knows that song because it was a blip on the radar. Yeah, Sorry. it wasn't It wasn't a big radio it, hit. It, but it, any- it was such a minor hit that I even forgot that it was a hit. So <laughs> look at me. Anyway, my, my point is that it, it it's because people view Lana Del Rey, like you said, I, and I'm, I'm going back to what you were talking about last week, people view Lana Del Rey as an artist where you have to buy the whole album to get the whole experience. Where Ariana Grande, maybe people, you know, hear problem, hear bang bang. They just buy individual tracks. They're totally okay with that. Um, obviously, a lot of people still bought the album, uh, but not quite as many as the people who bought Ultraviolence in its first week. Hard to compare the two, but but there you go. I just did anyway. Boom. Um, the last thing I wanted to say about this. Uh, well, I, I should ask you. I, I feel like. This album, I Everything, and it, it is a really strong album. I, I like it. I, I think I might like Yours Truly, her first album, a little bit more, uh, just because it's a little bit more cohesive. I think the highs on this one are a little bit higher. I just I love some of the singles. I love some of the, especially the first half of the album. Uh, going back to my point, I feel like this is an album that, you know, it debuted at number one. I feel like it's going to hang around the top ten for weeks on end, just because these songs... Are, are still going at radio. And people, you know, Ariana Grande is, I, I feel like she's going to announce a tour soon. Oh, what do you think, Keith? Uh, yeah, it could. I mean, I don't know. That's If, if I knew that, I'd be predicting the future. Um, I will go out on a limb, though, and suggest that, yeah, considering, considering she has a number of hits from this record, it'll probably hang around. It could follow sort of a Katy Perry pattern yeah. um, where it'll hang around like in the top 20 or so. It's going to get more competitive as we get closer to Christmas. You know, a lot more that albums true. are coming out. So it's going to be tough. That's a great point. Okay, do you have a, uh, a forecast for next week's Billboard 200 chart? Uh, because I, I feel like the big debut is going to be the album uh, 5, or V, by Maroon 5. Indeed, I do. Uh, Maroon 5's new album, V, 5, V. <laughs> v for five. Vendetta, V the final battle, V the miniseries, if anyone remembers the miniseries. Oh, yeah. Oh. So truly, Adam Levine is actually a lizard from space. And he's in the guise of a pop singer-songwriter. Um, no one's going to get that. 
So Maroon 5's new album is going to do maybe 150,000 copies, which should make it number one on the Billboard 200 chart um, easily, uh, I think. Uh, I don't think that there's anything else that will come close to that. But who, you know, who knows? Uh, someone could drop dead over the weekend and suddenly sell a million copies. So morbid, man. You always no. you always throw out the drop dead. You, you know, maybe because yeah. we've seen people drop dead and then suddenly they're number one. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. It's I, true. I speak in charts, and I don't mean that. In, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> you speak charties. Um, you know, uh, and, and, I, and we. I just want to say something quickly. Ha, sure. did, have you listened to the Maroon Five album? I have. I have indeed. Um, I'm fascinated by how no one in the band, except for Adam Levine, has a songwriting credit on the album. Like, yeah, like the band is sort of there, but I'm not even. Sh- I haven't seen the exact song by song credits, but I'm not sure how if they played on every song. I don't. It's kind of wacky, right? It's yeah. weird. It's like almost like an Adam Levine like with Benny Blanco album, Adam Levine with Doctor Luke album. So yeah, I'll have it, to, it, yeah, it is strange. Yeah, well, and we'll talk about we can talk about that more later. Album, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. But yeah, I totally get that feeling too. Where it is like. You I know, think it's almost, the first time that's It's happened. almost like Adam Levine and the experience. Like Adam Levine and like his merry men. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure on every one of their other previous albums, there were at least a couple songs that had someone else from the band participate in the writing of the album. So it, it strikes me as a little weird, but I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll circle back yeah. to Maroon 5 next week. Uh, this week, we, it is revealed that Iggy Azalea's Fancy is your 2014 Song of the Summer, yes, indeed, it is official. It was uh, a toss-up between Fancy and Magic's Rude. Uh, Keith, how close was it between Rude and Fancy for the 2014 Song of the Summer on Billboard's Song of the Summer chart? Well, as as, as uh, Gary Trust in our charts department put it in his story, uh, the race was essentially over as soon as it began. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, Iggy was number one the entire time. Um, Magic, you know, I think was not super close. I mean, it never it never suddenly rose to become uh, the Song of Summer in any particular week that we had ran the Song of the Summer chart because we ran this chart weekly. Um, yeah. And this week is just the recap, the, the final coronation. So... Um, it's I almost think like it, this is like the ceremony. Like this is like the ceremony at the end of Lord of the Rings, where it's yeah we like have six different they're putting crowns on heads and yes. and like we're riding um, off into Vigo, the west. Vigo Mortensen comes to Iggy Azalea and is like, Iggy, you bow for no one. Like it's a lot like that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Return you know, I actually I went I actually went to um, a portion of a triple feature where they showed all three versions of Oh my god, really? The extended versions um, this past weekend. I only watched part of one of them because that's like a 17-hour fiesta. Oh um, my god. But yeah, that's so crazy. no, it, Iggy was ahead the entire time and I think that we kind of knew that we uh, there was a chance that maybe Magic was going to pull it off, but no. According to our chart and our chart is gospel, uh, on the Billboard Hot 100, Iggy Azalea's uh, Fancy is the number 1 song of the summer and again the song of the summer chart is based on the weekly hot 100 chart and the weekly hot 100 chart ranks the most popular songs in the country based upon what you folks are listening to playing buying and streaming so really it's actually your fault if you don't like what's the song of the summer (laughs) and again this is not just like you said this is not just how many weeks fancy was at number one versus how many weeks rude was at number one it's it's everything it's cumulative performance on the hot 100 chart so you know if you start off the summer 
you know, at number one and you never leave the top 10 and never leave the top five and you rack up multiple weeks at number one, the math is going to work out in your favor generally. So, you know. Yeah. Is Let me ask you a question before we move on from this. Is the Song of the Summer trophy kind of becoming like a kiss of death almost? Like it, you look at the last three years, 2011, you had LMFAO, Party Rock Anthem. 2012, Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. 2013, Robin Thicke, Blurred Lines. I I feel like none of those artists are really where they want to be anymore. Um, Elena well, Fio doesn't really exist anymore. Carly Rae Jepsen. She still exists. She, she still exists. And I, <laughs> hey, you know me. I love Carly Rae Jepsen. But you stand for I, Carly Rae. I do. But yeah, I, I mean, she. I'm still waiting on her next project. Robin Thicke. Obviously, the Paul album didn't produce okay. anywhere near but then you have Ka- you have uh, Katy Perry wasn't California Girls uh, 2010 the, yes, the number one true. song in the summer and wasn't wasn't Eminem was Eminem uh, and Rihanna song in the summer or were they number two one year uh, with Love the I Way think that was, I think that was number two in well Black Eyed Peas were number one weren't they one year 2009 yeah, yeah. So, okay so yeah, so I, Katy Perry's like the one that in the past couple years I don't know man I, hey I'm just throwing it out there uh, anytime I can use Kiss of Death on I, the I, podcast. I'm going to use it. anytime that we can use shorthand to make something sound really bad. <laughs> we're gonna do it. Um, I don't think this is the equivalent of the Best New Artist trophy at the Grammy Awards in the 80s. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, this is not like the Milli Vanilli of of like you know honors. No, I just think it's it's certainly uh, Iggy Azalea is. I think Fancy is different from LMFAO and uh, uh, Robin Thicke and Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, that just was kind of an unstoppable one-hit wonder, and she just wasn't able to follow it up with with more than one hit. I mean, she had she had the the collaboration with Al City, and then after that, yeah. nothing else. You know, Robin Thicke. You know, when a song becomes a pop culture moment and becomes so controversial for everything that's around it. You know, from the sort of the you know implied you know misogyny and does do, does yes mean no and does no mean yes. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah. That's kind of you know yeah, it's song of the summer, but it's also like sort of talking point of the summer with like you know politicos um so i think uh, iggy considering that she's already had black widow she's had um problem with ariana she's had her own fancy you know even that work song became kind of a minor hit she's had these these hits hit hit after hit and i think that there could be a lot more in store yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Iggy Zeal is going anywhere. Like, I agree with you. After introducing this as the kiss of death, I actually ultimately agree with you. No, no. I'm just saying that you look at the the last three years and it's like, ooh, song of the summer. Like, you, you figure, like, an artist has the song of the summer and, you know, that's a, that's a great sign for things to come. And it, it hasn't been the case the past three years. So, but, uh, yeah, I agree that I, I think... Iggy Azalea is going to break that trend. So speaking of summer songs, summer albums, summer artists, let's talk a little bit of summer's winners and losers. We did a um, like a summer preview, I think, at uh, at the beginning of the summer in, in May around Memorial Day, asking what song of the summer would be. Obviously, Fancy by Iggy Azalea featuring Charlie XCX won that, but... So let, let's talk a, a, a couple more winners and losers in, in different genres and different categories. I think, ca- kind of speaking of Iggy Azalea, uh, one of the big winners of this summer is Anyone Associated with the Song Problem by Ariana Grande featuring Iggy Azalea. Now, you think Ariana Grande, huge summer, 
three top ten hits. Iggy Azalea, obviously we just talked about her. Max Martin, uh, uh, another massive summer. He, he seems to be taking that into the fall with Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. Even Big Sean has had a, a pretty good summer. Um, you know, he's holding hands with Ariana Grande. I wonder why they're holding hands. I wonder why. Yeah, they're just good friends. They're just good friends. But obviously, I, I feel like everyone who had anything to do with Problem by Ariana Grande was a big winner this summer. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I mean, I almost think that we can take turns on this on this uh, list uh, okay. if you want. Um, You're up, man. You're um, up. Well, then I unfortunately get uh, a loser. Um, and I think, th- I think this might have been a suggestion of my own, but I think you also agreed with me. Um, yeah. Certain aging divas... That was your term, yeah. aging divas, not me. Um, we did talk about this list <laughs> ahead of time. We did. Just well, I mean, sometimes it, sometimes we prep part of the sh- parts of the show. Sometimes we don't. We actually did prep this one. I'm pretty proud of us. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm I'm proud of us too for prepping. That's good. Um, you know, Mariah Carey is having a tough time with her new album. Me, I am Mariah. The elusive Chanteuse debuted at number three on the Billboard 200. Only sold 58,000 copies. It's not even on the chart anymore. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, who's been having a hard time in general with her music career, uh, she didn't do so well with her most recent album, AKA. It debuted at number eight, only 33,000. It's already off the chart. So, JLo and Mariah, not exactly great looks for them. Um, but that doesn't mean that all aging divas should be tossed out the window. Just because you have one album that doesn't click doesn't mean that you're going to not come back stronger than ever. Because I always point to Mariah's glitter as a yep. complete disaster. And then she came back with We Belong Together and The Emancipation of Mimi. So there. I look yeah, forward are- to, the, to the re-emancipation of, of Mimi yet again in the future. I totally agree. Uh, you are, we are both, I, I guess, aging diva apologists. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to throw in just very quickly. I, I feel like Shakira's album, that came out in March. But oh, yeah. I, you know, I just expected so much more of that album. That I, I figured that was going to really rule the spring and then have a, a single come out with legs in the summer. Um, just didn't happen. But, yeah, you never know what happens next time around. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough being a diva. No matter what age you are, it's tough being a diva. It is, it's hard out here for a diva. Yeah. Your turn. 3-6 Mafia. Okay, so uh, winner, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, unknown artist, uh, kind of the uh, other side of the coin of aging divas. Unknown artists either signed or vined that's uh that's what i have in my notes um you just listen to the hot 100 you you listen to top 40 radio and you see artists that you just didn't know a couple months ago really ruling things i mean you think of someone like iggy azalea sure but even someone like magic nico and vins echo smith clean banded bobby schmurda like these were names that we didn't and megan trainer of course these were names that we didn't know a couple months ago, uh, even a couple weeks ago in, in some cases, someone like Megan Trainer going into the top 10 of the Hot 100 with All About That Bass within a couple weeks of its release. And then you have Vine stars like Shawn Mendes, you have social media stars like Troy Sivan making names for themselves. It was kind of the summer of artists that you're just like, who is that? Wait, what? Who is? Oh, okay. Wow, they're actually a big deal now. Um, I, I guess that's just the age we live in. But yeah. it, it definitely felt like crystallized this summer. Yeah. 
Um, all right, all right, Keith, you're up. Oh God, how do I end up? I, I'm ending up with another loser. Okay, no, you can you can skip to a winner, man. Well, I'm I'm I'll 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 go with um, loser album sales. This is this is one that I can easily do. Sure. Um, we we've documented this quite well. Album sales have been on the decline for a long time. Uh, last week actually was the lowest week ever for album sales in the SoundScan era, and it was probably the lowest week for album sales since who knows probably the 60s or 70s we don't exactly have great data on that um but we we did do a story a long time ago about how i think when we hit five million or something one week that was probably the lowest since 1973 but there's data that we don't really have but that said yes album sales have gone into the proverbial trash can um I think that there's going to be some albums that are coming out later this year. They're going to, you know, sell in great numbers. Taylor Swift, uh, Garth Brooks, Little Wayne, uh, the Kanye West album. Uh, those are just a few that I can think of. Jason Aldean yeah. will be big. So all is not lost. But, you know, people are just generally making the uh, switch to consuming albums in different ways, like streaming them instead. So album sales, yeah, they're a loser, but it's okay. Um, they're winning in other ways, <laughs> sort yeah. of. Very true. All right, let's do one more each. Um, my, I, I'm also going to do another loser. Um, reality shows and and singing competitions on TV just it, it didn't. It wasn't a great summer for them. American Idol, Caleb Johnson, uh, his album debuted, I believe, two weeks ago. Testify, the, the worst with, debut ever for an American Idol. Yeah, winner. lowest sales and lowest chart debut. It debuted at number 24 on the Billboard 200. So American Idol slowing down a, a whole lot, and and then you have something like Rising Star, where the you know the names were big, they were on the cover of Billboard magazine. Um, the ratings just weren't there. Uh, I actually watched that show for another project. Um, it, it was entertaining, but it, yeah, it just I don't think it, it was a it was a pop culture phenomenon by any means. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, reality shows a, a, a loser this summer. All right. Keith, let's end on a winner. Um, I'll end on a winner with uh, someone that you suggested, uh, DJ Mustard. Uh, yeah. A producer uh, who has had a really, really sort of spectacular year. Um, he's produced, boy, oh, boy. Um, he produced Trey Song's Nana. He produced, um, let's see, Two On. Two On, yeah. yeah. He produced uh, Don't Tell Him, Don't Tell Him. Um, he produced uh, No Mediocre for T.I. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable run. That's just a, I mean, also tracks for Wiz Khalifa and Kid Ink and Rick Ross and Ty Dolla Sign and August Alsina. And, um, and yeah, he's, he's all over the place. Uh, everyone wants his beats. <laughs> yeah, and even a beat that sounds like his, like Fancy by Iggy Azalea, uh, is, is a huge hit. So DJ Musser, who just released his, his new album, actually, uh, a big, big winner this summer. Okay, so if, if there are other winners and losers of the summertime in music, tweet us at uh, Keith Caulfield and at Jason Lipschitz. Let us know uh, what else you think define the summer or what else uh, just failed to get going this summer. So, so Keith, we have to uh, get to Martin Kirzenbaum. Uh, again, you, you want to you want to do a little quick uh, intro I, before I will, we get to it? I will intro this. I mean, I know I said it a little bit earlier, but Martin Kirzenbaum is the founder and chairman of Cherry Tree Records, uh, a record label that um, has put out uh, albums from the likes of Tokyo Hotel and Lady Gaga. Uh, they they released Lady Gaga's, I think, first two albums, or were part of the release of those first two albums. Um, they've also released uh, artists like Robin and Feist and LaRue and Sting. And um, Martin himself is an artist, uh, a singer-songwriter and producer, and he wrote uh, and produced four of the songs on Lady Gaga's debut album, among his many other talents. 
as a, an artist and an A&R executive for Interscope Records. So he's a man with many talents, and uh, we invited him over to uh, hang out with me and talk for the Billboard uh, Pop Shop podcast. So here we go. Here's our interview with Martin Kirzebaum. Thank you, Martin, for joining us on the Pleasure to be here. Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Um, I'm super excited because you put out an EP, not under your own name, though, under Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. Is this the first EP or album release under that moniker? Yes. But you put out a bunch of singles. This is almost like a collection of singles. I think three of them are previously released or have all of them been released? Two of them on this uh, four-song EP have been released previously. But it's something I used to do a lot, you know, back in the old days growing up. So people listening, like my sister, will laugh, you know, because I would put out EPs since I was 10. <laughs> you have a whole collection of sure. limited edition EPs at home. <laughs> Somebody does somewhere. Um, they were cassettes. And uh, it's a way I, I used to kind of collect the songs I would write and... There were more of them back then, you know, because I had a bit more time. Mm. But uh, this is the first EP is Cherry Cherry Boom Boom. That's right. Um, and you've had some chart success with actually the singles on our Dance Club Songs chart. A yeah. couple of the songs have been hits on our chart. Thank you. I was I was lucky enough to uh, to have a couple of uh, songs on the EP already chart on the Billboard Club chart. Um, and a lot of big remixers, too, involved. Like well, that Day helped a lot, and, yeah. you know, because it made the songs... Um, ubiquitous in the clubs and that helped yes. and there were some smoking remixes like michael woods contributed a mix to come back from san francisco and rehab did a great mix of one and only and now um dimitri vegas and like mike have done one of a little bit of love and rac and so i'm fortunate you know that i have some very talented musical friends um and two of the songs on the ep are originals right That's and right. two of the and two songs were covers um now, when you when you wrote the two songs that are originals, uh, the one I particularly like is "One and Only," the second song Thank on the you. EP. It, were those songs that you had maybe written with an artist in mind, or were those only, only always ones that were just too personal and like, no, I have to say this for myself? That's a great question, and that was the struggle with even putting this out, and that's why it's an EP and not an album. That's why it took so long to gather, because usually when I go in the studio, I'm thinking about another artist or producing a record for somebody else. Right. Or, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. You know, a couple of them on the EP are covers because um, they were sort of personal notes I made to myself along the way saying, I love this song. I hope one day I'll get a chance to cover it. And I did, you know, like Answering Machine by The Replacements, right. which was a, an important song for me. And uh, and then the originals, yeah, One and Only was a struggle because I really liked that song. Yeah. And I thought it might... Like, uh, this could be a hit for someone else. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I thought about the fact that it might get a bigger platform if somebody else performed it. But then I guess I just really liked the intimacy of my version and the piano, and I sort of was proud of it. And I decided that if I was going to put something out myself, it shouldn't be some... some uh, you know, B side. It should be somebody, something that I was Make proud it good. of. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Was a tough decision. You know, maybe wow. someday someone will cover it, and I'll have the best of both worlds. Right. <laughs> like this will become a hit on its own, and then you know you'll become this big cherry cherry boom boom touring artist. I don't know if that's. And, I mean, the goal is to express myself musically because I think it keeps me um, dialed in to uh, why I started to do this. Yeah. You know, playing music and writing music. It also keeps me very. Um, uh, in tune with what's topical with other musicians and so I can have very relevant and, and current conversations with the artists I work with um, and but more than anything it just makes me feel good to play music it always has since I was a kid you know mm -hmm. and uh, I don't want to stop that it's it's um, it, it's it's tough to find time to do it but you know I'm 
I find times like on Friday night, you know, Saturday mornings, sometimes to do something, and and uh, after a while it gets finished. If um, it, you you may be able to Google on the internet and see pictures of Martin's office, but it's really cool because it's an office slash studio almost. I mean, you there there there's videos that you've recorded there of sort of acoustic sessions. Um, and there was a particular Instagram photo, which you probably thought I was going to bring up, but I'm fairly convinced that Madonna and Natalia Kills were sitting in that room, or was that in New York somewhere? You know, it's, it's um, deceiving. Because Martin was working on a song with Madonna earlier this year, and I would be stupid if I didn't bring that up. No, I'm happy that you brought it up. I'm very proud of it. Um, actually, that room, although similar in style to, to my office slash studio that you, you mentioned, was in New York. Aha. Yeah, in, in Jungle Studios. But it was similar because I had my keyboard yeah. that I'd brought with me. And I think the photo you're referring to uh, is... Was, I'm not even in that photo almost. It's, it's like my, behind you. It's like I my think. ear and my I hand. Like, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. recognized him and her and oh my God. <laughs> I immediately emailed you. I was like, oh my God. Yes, Internet so blows much, up. Keith. No, that's great. And it was a real privilege to write with Madonna and with Natalia Kills. And we ended up writing about seven songs. Wow. Uh, yeah, we were meant to only be there with her uh, for a couple of days. But we... We really distilled it down to a very, uh, you know, uh, traditional writing session. It was like a brill building session. It was just me on the piano and, and, and Madonna and Ty Kills kind of around it. And we just wrote songs the old-fashioned way, you know, just playing the piano and, and singing. And it was really fun. Wow. Um, and I'm a big Madonna fan, so for me it was an honor. Uh, I don't know what she's going to use from the sessions. But oh, yeah, who knows? Right, but it was a tremendous honor. And, uh, and she was really wonderful uh, and so talented. And, and it was a thrill to hear that voice that we all know, you know, in the room coming out of yeah. her head right there. You know, it's uh, it really sounds like that. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. So for me, it was great. What other artists um, from Cherry Tree or, or that you're just involved with in general that should we be aware of that are on the horizon right now that you want to? Well, we, we're having a great run with Disclosure right now on yeah. Cherry Tree and two very talented brothers who, you know, not only are having a hit, but are kind of changing music culturally, you know, which is the kind of records we like to chase at Cherry Tree. You know, we like to get with progressive musicians that are going to kind of push uh, the pop tradition forward. How did you get involved with them? Because they, they came from the UK, and then how did you become involved with the record here? Yeah, well, we have a sister company in the UK, Island Records, who put out the record from uh, PMR Records. So we license it through them. And uh, we basically, you know, did what we usually do with an artist we become obsessed with. We kind of stalk them until they <laughs> agree to sign Fine, to us. Yeah. We'll get in. <laughs> so we flew all over the place. The Cherry Tree team did a great job. They were at a very early show on Halloween night a couple of years ago here in L.A. I flew to the U.K. And we just kind of, um, you know, conveyed to them how passionate we were about their music. And they agreed to let us put the record out in America. And it's been a labor of love for about two years. And now... And the album and of Latch obviously has blown up. And, yeah. And they were on the cover of Billboard a couple months ago. Thank and you, yes. That was great. Um, <laughs> they're so, wonderful and they're so musical. And uh, again, they challenge themselves too. But we're really excited about Disclosure. We have a group on Cherry Tree called Sir Sly, mm-hmm. too, that we feel really great about. They're on a tour right now called the Cherry Tree Presents Tour with two other label mates, Wolfgang, and a new group we've signed from Brooklyn named Secret Someones. Okay. So Search Lie uh, is, is definitely up and coming. Um, we've got a record out called You Haunt Me by them, which just launched. The video's coming soon. And also their previous song, Gold, is featured in a Cadillac commercial, which is really funny. It's like a, a fashion show with cars in it and mechanical arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You've probably I, seen I think it. I've seen that. It's pretty ubiquitous these days. So. Wow. Yeah, and what else? I wanted to tell you about something else. That I'm really, oh, I signed a band from Chesapeake, Virginia called The Hunts. 
seven brothers and sisters. Wow. Okay. Yes, that have grown up playing it's music the Waltons, with each other. but with guitars from, and drums. Well, they're from about... Uh, what, no one will get that reference. They'll get that yeah. reference. Um, 16 to about 23 are the ages. Uh, and they're sisters and brothers in the group. And they write music themselves. And it's kind of um, alt-folk music. But mm. it's so uh, emotional and, and intimate. And um, they're on the road right now, too, actually, until November through the States. I'm trying to think if there's something out there. I'm sure there's tons of there's other There's tons stuff. of stuff. I mean, Robin and Royksop, you know. Just, and she's working on her own solo album, that's which, right. which she told Billboard about on the Pop Shop podcast. Yeah, well, she's been playing songs, new songs in the in the shows. Yeah. Um, and now, I, and then the last thing, because I've, I've taken up so much of your time. So are we going to see Cherry Cherry Boom Boom, like, on the road? Will you be opening for anyone? Or is this purely, for the moment, um, going to exist in the virtual world you know i've had a lot of fun uh recording the music in the studio and um i like the artist answer I, you know i've had a lot of fun recording well no this, i was i was building up to it okay I, I, basically i've been messing around with just doing acoustic versions you know i had a a performance for tony in our studio my engineer <laughs> he loved it i got a standing ovation um maybe there'll be an opportunity you know i tend to prioritize the artist on cherry tree yeah overdoing my music which is probably why it takes me so long and and um and I don't put out that much of it. But you never know. I love playing music. I grew up playing music. You know, my sister's a musician, too. That's what we used to do for fun growing up in Michigan. And uh, I'm not afraid to get up and play. I mean, I, I've been invited a couple times. You know, uh, Natalia had me play piano on, on her song Mirrors a few times up in Canada and in Europe. And that was fun. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see if inspiration strikes. Usually there's some musicians that are a little better around. So I just enlist them to do it. Keith. The feeling's powerful. So there you have it, Martin Kirzenbahn, super cool dude, and I'm glad you got to uh, chat with him, Keith. That was very cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to work on more. I will get more folks to. I will lure yeah. them in. Yeah, bring it in. I, I know, and and maybe I'll step up my red carpet game. But until then, uh, Keith, we got to wrap this up. So let's get to your charts out of the week. <laughs> hey, yeah. Okay, so. I'm so oh, I'm so loud. The uh, the chart stat of the week this week is about something that happened on September third, nineteen eighty three, uh, which is actually the day that we're recording this, but the day after you're actually probably hearing this for the first time. Uh, the Eurythmics, "Sweet Dreams," oh yeah, are made of this. In a parenthetical, hit number one on the Billboard Hot one hundred chart. Uh, the duo, Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart, uh, only hit number one once on the Billboard Hot 100. But of course, their career is um, amazing and iconic. Uh, and Annie Lennox went on to her own fabulous solo career later on in her career. And Dave Stewart, uh, of course, went on to produce many folks. And he is an artist in his own right. And I actually recently saw a um, Hollywood Bowl show that he put together um, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Beatles playing the Hollywood Bowl. He was the ringmaster of the evening and he performed throughout the night with an array of guest stars. And um, Annie Lennox has her own new album coming out uh, called... um, uh, I just forgot the name of it. Um, But it's a new covers album that she's putting out. And uh, so... Both of them are amazing and have had great varied careers. But on this week, back in 1983, the Eurythmics broke through big time with their one and only number one hit, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. And that is your chart stat of the week. Thank you, Keith. 
great charts out of the week. All right, so we got to wrap this up. Um, we will be back next week for another fun Pop Shop podcast, maybe with another special guest. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, thanks to uh, Martin Kirzenbaum again for stopping by. Uh, that was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, we, we have a couple cool weeks coming up. Uh, I think iHeartRadio Fest is coming up in Las Vegas. We'll be on the scene there. So, uh, yeah, fun Pop Shop podcasts ahead. Keith, do you have any parting words? Um, my only parting words is that Annie Lennox's new album is called Nostalgia. <laughs> and I now remember the name of the album. So I uh, apologize, Annie Lennox, because obviously I'm a fan. I just uh, momentarily nostalgia. forgot. And I went to the listening event, and it was lovely, and it was yay. Anyway. Well, sorry. let's let's end on Sweet Dreams by you the your by the Eurythmics. Wow. All right. We got to go. Uh, thanks again for listening, and take care. Sweet dreams are made of the years. Who